0: Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Well, welcome back to Stand Strong in the Word. Jason Jimenez here once again with you as we continue to explore the gospel accounts. And we're doing it in in a way that I think a lot of people have never done. And that is to look at it in a chronological and a sequential way. So hopefully up to this point, things have been really enriching to you, powerful to you, that it's given you a better understanding of what is going on up to this point and why things happen the way they happen, because you've got to understand them and the process, historically speaking, in which they've happened. And through that, uh, again, clarity, understanding. One of the biggest things as a pastor I found through the years, and I've talked to people of all ages, and that is the Bible's confusing because they, ha- they don't understand it in the proper context. And so sometimes when they're examining certain uh, contextual things or a particular book and chapter within that book, there's a lot of confusion. And again, you know what? Sometimes it's a simple solution, and that is understanding the background understanding what is taking place and the historical significance. And so that's what we're doing here right now through uh, our podcast is to give you a chronological understanding of the gospel accounts. And then through that, we'll continue to take those measures, um, the, the, the 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 books that came, of course, the book of Acts that came after the fact. And as we're going to be studying the book of Acts, um, what I'm going to be doing for you guys is teaching you as we're going through the book of Acts what epistles were written during the church age. And then we'll pause in that point of time, the book of Acts. And and as, for example, exploring the life and teachings of the, and the apostleship of Peter, as well as Paul. And as they were traveling and journeying around the globe, preaching the gospel, What epistles did they write at the time? And then that's when we'll pause and then we'll examine those epistles and then we'll continue our study through the book of Acts. And then once that's completed, we'll do that with the other later epistles until we get to the book of Revelation. And then through that, we'll then jump into our chronological understanding of the Old Testament. So there's going to be a lot of podcasts to come, but we are in a time and age where most Christians do not read the Bible. As you know, I'll be stressing that point here on the podcast and that's why I do what I do. And I hope it's a blessing to you and continue to encourage you to share it with your family and your friends, because our mission here is for us as Christians to stand strong in God's word. In order to stand strong in God's word, we have to know God's word. So having said that, Father, we pray that you bless us, teach us your word now in Jesus name. Amen. Now we get to the advent of John the Baptist. And I put simply uh, title this podcast is his name is John. And this was a big deal. To us, we just think, okay, his name was John, move on. But in that culture, in that time, this was extraordinary. So we'll understand that in a minute. So let's pick things up. Let's read the word. Hear what God's word has to say to us. In Luke chapter one, verse 57, it says, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, no he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and he wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered and immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God and fear came on all of their neighbors. And all of these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us, and the house of his servant David, as he spoke to by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father, Abraham, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him. All of our days and you child will be called the prophet of the most high For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And then finally, in verse 80, in the closing of what Zechariah had just prayed, it says, and the child grew, that's John the Baptist, and became strong in spirit and was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Well, this is an amazing point of history right here as we're now being introduced to the name of John the Baptist. And we're going to see a little bit as to why that is, why Elizabeth and Zechariah decided to name him John, the meaning behind that. And then we'll briefly look at this uh, what's called the, benetus, uh, the benetic um, of of, of uh, Zachariah here in this passage of scripture. So a couple of things real quickly. As we noted in verse fifty seven, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. Now there's no mentioning again in the chronological teaching that Mary stopped in and visited and had a good cup of tea and then moved, uh, you know, left and and moved back with her parents. Uh, up to this point, what we are assuming contextually speaking. And there's a lot of commentaries that agree that Mary had stayed with Elizabeth until she gave birth to John. Um, that's a that's a strong possibility. It doesn't say anything that of, her, of when she returns, um, but when Mary does return home, it, it's applying at the time when she goes back uh, that she again still was not married. So let's just keep that in mind when it says now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. Um, and then notice it says here when you jump back to verse 58. When the neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord has shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So now obviously it was a curse up to this point. Why Zachariah, priest of all people, godly people, we we're told the descriptive passage, you know, when you look back in earlier of chapter one of Luke, they were godly people, but for whatever reason, they didn't have a child. So the people around them assumed that there was a curse upon them, that God did not show favor upon them. So keep that in mind is the name of, of John coming. Uh, that's forthcoming. But another thing here we see is uh, that the people rejoicing because there are some special things that are happening. I mean, stop and think for for a moment. And this is cool sometimes to kind of go deeper into the emotion and the heart of what these people are feeling. Just like we were we're human beings, they're human beings. Then, as we are today, it's, it, there's nothing different. And so, when there's silence, when there's no prophetic word, when there's things that are going on, and they're not sure. What God is up to, they start seeing something take place. And you can imagine again, Zachariah and Elizabeth, old age, now pregnant, you'd go back and you think of Abraham and Sarah. I think what God was doing there was to remind them how God called Abraham and Sarah. And even in faith, and their obedience to give birth to uh, Isaac. And the same thing now, fast forward, remember 400 years of silence, nothing's really going on. And it's almost... Um, a reflection going back to Abraham and Sarah. So that's pretty cool. So th- having a baby at old age is, is is one thing. The confusion as to why Zechariah wasn't talking uh, during the entire pregnancy is another, okay? So they're probably kind of concerned about that, what's going on here, what, what is God trying to do, uh, if you will. And then the other thing is knowing this special announcement of the birth of John was going to be incredible because not only was he going to be born from a couple that was very old in age, but there was a special calling upon this child. And so we see in verse 59 on the eighth day, they circumcise him. Now, clearly Zachariah and Elizabeth are following the letter of the law to circumcise their son. That goes back to Genesis chapter 17, verses 10 and 11. And also we see in the Levitical uh, line in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 3. Now, the Jewish culture, as we know, uh, children were viewed literally as a gift from God. We see that in Psalm one twenty seven three through five. So, the whole community is coming together, celebrating not just the blessing that that uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth have as becoming parents, but blessings over this child as they offer this child to God. Because children were not just a blessing in the context of the Jewish community. They're the most powerful thing for the family is to continue the legacy and continue to share the promises and the faithfulness and the blessings in the covenant of God from one generation to the next. So finally, Zachariah and Elizabeth have this, but this child was not only going to be carrying the legacy on from Zachariah and Elizabeth, this child, as we see in verse 60, his name will be John, which means God has shown favor or God is gracious or Yahweh has shown favor to me. This prophet of God will pave the way for the coming Messiah. That's what's incredible. And so you see here in verse 65, the people were in fear upon hearing these things. It says, and fear came on all their neighbors and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. Now that's, pretty insightful too, for two reasons one the fear here is that they weren't scared straight like they were panicking and running to the hills and running to their homes in fear of something bad happening no the word fear here is one of reverence and joy because they see now that this is a miraculous thing that god is now speaking and chances are this child to come john the baptist that we'll later know him as is a prophet the name carries such high significance as God showed favor to Abraham and started his covenant, God is now showing favor all these years later that he has not forgotten his people. And another thing that's insightful is notice that it spreads all the hill countries of Judea. Later on in the public ministry of John, we will see that people came out to hear this man of the words that he had to express. So this is really cool. This is so significant. Now notice another thing in verse um, 66. And this is now getting into the into the, this area of, um, uh, of Zechariah's uh, benetectus. Uh, this is the Latin for praise be. Okay, so he's going to give this proclamation thing. It's not just a prayer. It's not just a praise, but it also has prophetic uh, uh, intuitions here that are, lay, that are laid out. Uh, and I think in a very beautiful poetic way. Now we see here in verse 67 that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied. Now, that's a continual uh, characteristic of Zechariah. One of the descriptions of Zechariah and Elizabeth are people filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, four years of silence, Zechariah recognizes and therefore praises God by sending the Messiah. So, one, he gives thanks and praise for the coming Messiah. He knows that Mary is pregnant with child and that this is going to be the coming Messiah. And they've been blessed in old age to give birth to a, the coming prophet who will prepare the way. So this is what he lays out in describing the Messiah He refers to him as the horn of salvation. Notice he'll be from the house of the servant of David, which is prophetic to second Samuel chapter seven. And he spoke by the mouth of his prophets from old. He has saved him from the enemies. This is one of redemption. He's remembered his holy covenant when it goes back in verses 73 and 74, of Father Abraham. So these are things he lays out from verses, uh, let's look here from verses 69 to like 75. This holiness, this righteousness before him will come of his days is a descriptive of what will come for the Messiah. Then in verse 76, then he turns the table and focuses on this prophet, which is his son. He says, you have been called the prophet of the most high. And for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. This is amazing because Zechariah is referring to Isaiah 40 verse 3. It says a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Malachi 3.1, remember the last prophet to speak before this time of silence. He says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah 43, Malachi three-one prepares that way. And notice he says, Why? To give them knowledge of salvation. It says, Forgiveness of sins, so that God's tender mercy will be revealed upon them. As the sun rises, that it will... It will it will um, not only reduce but it will remove the darkness that people will be able to walk in the way of peace. That's why. So we see this beautiful, beautiful description from Zechariah of not just the coming Messiah regarding his birth and what he will do in his ministry. But he's referring all the way back to the promises that God gave Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 and then Genesis 26 verse 3. He's also referring back to this redemption, this peace, this forgiveness of sins, this holiness, this righteousness that is true to what David said in Psalm 105 verses 9 through 11. So he was understanding that God was going to do incredible things through the life of his people. So I close with this, as we're just looking at this uh, descriptive account of John, them giving birth to John and his name being one that says, God shows favor. Think about your life. How has God shown favor in your life? How thankful have you been through all the work and all the amazing things that God has done in your life? You know, God is always working. There's nothing impossible for God to do. So if you've been struggling, if you look at this passage and you think, okay, great, John the Baptist, he did some great things, but what about me? You know what? Yes, you are special in the eyes of God. Yes, God is still faithful. Yes, God wants to use you. And you need to put your trust and faith in that. You cannot allow the enemy to get a foothold to remove any possibility of God taking hold of your life, you consecrating your life before God and you being used by God. Notice it says that Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that Zechariah's praise here was biblical. He was referring back to what Scripture had said that shows a man who was diligent, who was faithfully waiting for the work of God. And when the time came for God to tap him, to use him in a more extraordinary way than what he was being used as, Zechariah was ready for God to use him. So my question in closing is this. Are you ready for God to use you in a more extraordinary way than how he's using you today? If that is your prayer, pray with me right now. God, I pray that you would use me. Use me like you use Zachariah. God, I know that John the Baptist was an extraordinary man, but I pray, Father, the same spirit that came upon him would come upon me right now, that you'd use me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening, and keep standing strong in the Word of God.